Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. So we're talking today about elections. Last week, we talked about the propositions and you know what, what was on the ballot, what our thoughts were on the ballot. And today, we're kind of seeing some of the results, the results of the California primaries as well as the whole country. I mean, we, we talked mostly about the propositions last yeah. week. And I think let's kind of review what the propositions were. First of all, the, the very first one, Proposition one was reproductive rights, yeah. and it was to basically amend the Constitution, right? Yeah, to include a, a right to an abortion, like to, right. to say that's a part of a fundamental right in California, and that, and that passed. It passed pretty strongly. 66% yeah. of Californians, or at least the people that voted, were in favor of that. Um, but I thought it was interesting. All the gambling propositions failed. Yeah. Every yeah, single one of them. 26 and 27 were both gambling and one used you know indian casinos or native american casinos one didn't now there's a few different nuances we talked about last and the different the different sources of gambling were kind of fighting each other so the indian tribes the gaming was the gaming was fighting against the card you know it's just kind of interesting it's like really yeah but it's it's i mean the the reason being california is a big market and to say we want sports betting it's just how are they going to get it in here and it was we talked about last week they were were funded by you know these these draft kings and these these giant companies with lots of money trying to get access to our market right but california said no to both of them and so sports betting continues to not be legal in california Uh, i I think 28 is interesting this was increasing the funding for arts programs and uh, i I think it it used to be you know more for schools and then they decided to split that and they sell the STEM items. We need more money for STEM, but they've done that. <laughs> now they're saying, well, now we need more money for art. I think it's a clever, you know, the, the splitting it up to say we need art, STEM, art, STEM. And, you know, not that they're opposite. And I don't think they are, but they're being treated as if this piecemeal yeah. increase. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, the propositions and the wording of them. And, you know, underline, you kind of cut through the top and try to get into the really the core of the propositions. Yeah. What are they really after? Right. And sometimes it's a different than what you think you're voting for. Right? Yeah. Our, our California system, um, I mean, I'm sure there's other systems that are worse, but right. it's interesting. It's really hard, I think, to get to the the, the meat of what's going to happen, what that will affect and mean for people. Um, you know, it reminds me of uh, Brexit in England, yeah. where you know people voted to leave the European Union and then said, "Wait, what? No, 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 wait, wait, wait no. <laughs> And there had a huge debate right. raging for the next two years of did we mean to vote that? Was that really what we understood? Yeah, the economic uh, impact of it and what was the logistics, particularly in the trading. You know yeah. how how things were going to be traded across border, and yeah. it becomes really complex. It does that's right? Um, so then dialysis. We I think we said this is the third or fourth time this dialysis. Yeah, this has come pushed. up. And of course, this is a union. This is a vote against the union because you got the SEIU, which is trying to unionize mm-hmm. all the people in these dialysis, and they're trying to require union-paid activity uh, people there. And the state of California pretty much resoundingly defeated it again. Yeah, I mean, it was it. almost seventy percent said no, we're not going to do this. No, that one. And then Proposition Thirty, that was the basically tax on people making more than a million dollars. Right. The idea that that would fund electric vehicle infrastructure or rebates or things of that. This is the Lyft uh, sponsored one. Lyft, yeah, which, they put a lot of money into. And it. that was part of you know one of the ads I saw about it was saying this wasn't 
really about electric electric vehicles. This was about Lyft and some and some of these um, companies trying to get away from having to pay for their electric fleets right. in the future in California. Trying to say if California will pay for the fleet for us, then we'll be able to upgrade to electric. And uh, whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. But it was defeated, and so the tax doesn't exist. And we talked about last week. You know, someone who makes a million dollars every year, maybe they can pay more or not, and that's kind of a political thought. But a lot of the people who I think we get caught in this is, you know, they sell a business mm-hmm. and they have one year where maybe they make $2 million, but that's the $2 million for the rest of their life. They're right. you know, a relatively small business owner who has a great business, they're ready to sell and exit. They're going to get hammered on this. And I think not having that in California is useful. And so California already has an excise tax on somebody who makes a yes. million dollars or more in a given year. Yep. So if your income leading up and your income above that, they have an additional state income tax, so to speak. Yep. Um, so this would just add on top right. of that what they already have. There's already a Medicare tax as well. I mean, there's right. a few number of taxes that most everybody doesn't deal with until you get into these higher levels. And, right. and you know, there's, like I said, there's some people who make that year over year, but a lot of folks I think would would have been falling into this. It's when they sell a business and they get a right. couple million dollars, which is their life savings. And all of a sudden they realize they have these really large unexpected tax bills. Right. And then the last one was uh, Proposition 31. That was the ban on flavored tobacco. I, I was fairly surprised that this passed. Um, I, I think well, a- the yes means it was no. The yes, yes, right. the yes, if you voted yes for this, that means you were against flavored tobacco. Tobacco, yeah. So in, so in California, flavored tobacco, my understanding is that flavored tobacco will not be able to be sold. Right. Um, and, and the idea being that it would help prevent youth from being hooked on this stuff, from trying right. it out, from giving it, it. It's an enticement. I mean, the logic is, is that you give these weird flavors to this stuff and it's an enticement to younger people yeah. start smoking. Yeah, that was, that was the argument. Yeah. So people who, I guess, I'm on the libertarian side would say, hey, I want to do whatever I want. Right. I live in California. I want to have orange flavored tobacco. You're not going to be able to get it here in California. Right. That's You'll have to go to Las Vegas and buy it or yeah, something. I yeah, don't know. Go across Whatever. the border. So those are the propositions. Those kind of came through. It was an interesting, you know, even today, we're, we're recording earlier in the week, but, you know, looking at the, the 14, we'll just start with the U.S. House. You'll know, go a little bit broad for a second. There's still 14 seats that are pending. Yeah. And if the at this moment, if the Republican Party wins one of them, they'll have the majority in the House. So it looks Most fairly likely, likely they'll have it. Yeah. Most but likely. even locally, Ken Calvert uh, won. Uh, that, was a, that, was called, cool. that was a close race, was a much very... closer than what we thought. But then we went back to gerrymandering. Most voters don't realize that that census that they do every 10 years, that ends up doing a reproportion of the districts or the voting block. Right. And there was a different uh, voting block that voted for Ken Calvert than had done in the previous 20 years, actually. Yeah. And uh, it it almost, from what we understand right now, he's got it, but it was a close race. Yeah, it was very close. And he's still in California. And then also Michelle Steele. Hers was also very close, but both right. of them Republicans, both of them held onto their seats. Uh, the other ones that are still pending, I think David Valadio and Mike Garcia and Ken Kevin Garcia Kiley. seems like he's got the advantage, but they haven't called it yet. Yeah, I think all, all three of those are leading at the moment. Um, and if any of those win here, in, those are the California ones that were close at the moment still. Um, if any of them win here in California, that'll, that'll tip the house. There's a few others across the country, but we'll kind of just stay California focused. So a, a day in which I think in California, the Republican um, House uh, representatives, I, I feel like they did fairly well, either holding on to seats or, or gaining seats. And you got to also remember that Kevin McCarthy is most likely, he's the top candidate right now right now to be the Speaker of the House if the Republicans take the majority, which is going to be a, a feather for California to some degree. He's going to have some political power as well as appropriations power, right? Yeah, yeah. As a so it could, could look good for California. So let's see. So we talked about propositions, the U.S. Senate or the U.S. House. The Senate, um, last I read, it's still 50, 50 members are Democrat, 49 Republican. I think it's going to stay that way. They'll, they'll keep control of the Senate. Right. 
Um, there's going to be a runoff in Georgia that we're not going to know what the results of that is yeah. until December sometime. Yeah, that'll be a while. Um, I think what what's interesting to me is what was predicted as the red wave. Most of the pollsters said, mm. you know, this is a midterm election. The economy is really bad. Inflation is bad. There's a lot of negatives. So typically, the the party that's in power gets punished dramatically. Mm-hmm. So they thought, you know, most of the pollsters that that came out and predicted, they said there's going to be a red wave. There's going to yeah. be a change not only in the House but also the Senate. There's going to be a clear majority. You know, and candidly, that just didn't happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. I, yeah, I think there was advances. There was there was an, one talking head I think made the comment that we're still a country divided. You know, d- right. despite um, all those items to say we need, you know, it was a normal sentiment. Throw the bums out. And, you know, everyone says it every time. Like, yeah. let's try again. Try something new that we didn't see the same as a red wave. It was still a divided position. Um, but but whether that's good or bad, I'm not sure. You know. Uh, yeah, and I think the people. I mean, the voting populace again. I mean, when you get down past all of the media, past all the, the you know the newspapers and the television, and everything else, what does Mister and Mrs. America really believe mm-hmm. is best for them? Yeah. And for those people that are really serious about voting, they're going to take a good hard look. And I think the propositions kind of indicated that uh, those those states that tried to ban abortion because of the the decision by the Supreme mm. Court on Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. uh, those states actually got punished because the, the the more conservative element tried to get that in the Constitution. Mm. And in California, there was almost the exact opposite. Yep. So, no, we're going to put it in. So you have reproductive rights guaranteed yeah. by the Constitution of California. So kind of an interesting flip on some of this stuff. No, it, it really is. Um, let's just talk about Senate. We can talk about the mayors for a moment, the kind of the, the mayor race. The, the most the local one we have around here is Rick Crusoe and, and Bass, kind of that that structure. It looks like Ms. Bass, Los Angeles race. Yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, thank you. It looks like uh, Ms. Bass is is the w- winning at the moment. We'll see. Um, last count I heard, um, they would have to take Crusoe would have to take four percent of everything that was left. So, you know, right. beat her by four percent. For everything that's left, and who knows if that's reasonable. Yeah, I think you know there's a possibility. So they haven't called the race. Nobody's nobody has um, succeeded. You know, succeeded to the race. Uh, but we'll wait and see. Over the next, hopefully by this weekend, we'll have some kind of um, results from this. The thing that that I that I I think is really interesting as we dug deep into this and kind of looked at it is that the deniers, mm. the deniers that said back in 2020 that the elections were rigged, that they were defrauded, mm. that the people that really should have won didn't win. And it's kind of interesting going forward and that those deniers, they carried that forward, you know, uh, prompted primarily by Trump saying that if you were a candidate under his umbrella, mm. you had to believe that the election was was rigged in some way. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those candidates. Now, this is what the play was, was kind of interesting, is that the Democratic Party what they did is they targeted the Trump candidates in the primary and gave mm. them money. Mm. What they wanted to do is to get those candidates into the general election. And every single one of the candidates that the Democratic Party targeted, which were Trump supporters, every single one of them lost. I, I, I think strategically, that was an amazing uh, uh, calculation on their part. So the Democratic Party basically promoting some of these Republican Trump supporting right. candidates to get them through the primaries, get them into the election. And then well-funding the, the Democratic challenger yeah, and, to and, defeat them, in essence. Yeah, and I think they had the pulse of the of the voters. Mm. The voters said, okay, if this is an extreme candidate that gets to the general election, and what we saw in several of these states is that people would vote for a candidate that was Republican but was not Trump or denier-backed, so mm. to speak, versus one that is. 
and they would split their vote. They would vote for one, but they wouldn't vote for the other. So I think, again, hopefully these lessons are taken forward. And but I, I just think you know politics. There's just a lot of strategies that are used yeah. for this. Well, and there's some human nature in that because I think there's you know whether or not the election needs to be tuned up, whether or not there was issues. That's that's one you know finite question. Right. But I think there's also the sentiment of you know whenever the Super Bowl comes about, you know oh it was stolen from us. You right. know the ref made the call or the ball was was deflate gate. You know right. the ball was there's a natural tendency when your side doesn't win then to say hey hey you cheated. And that doesn't explain all of this necessarily, but I do no. think that's a a natural one to play off of. And then to say, at what point does someone have to accept that they lost the Super Bowl? At yeah. what point do they have to accept that they're moving on? Not to say we can't you know improve our systems, and that's right. you know uh, a fantastic thing that we we have safe, secure, um, trustworthy voting. I think everyone at least should be able to, but agree that that should be what we move to, and that we have, and everyone has confidence in that. But the sentiment to say you know hey hey I don't like that that wasn't what it should have, should have been. Yeah, the, the system allows to not necessarily be rigged, but it allows to be pushed one way or the other. And so the deniers, because they were so vocal and so opinionated and so isolated, so to speak, a certain mm. percentage of people just didn't believe that the 2020 election was fair. But instead of taking the loss, like like for going back to your example of the Super Bowl, at the end of the day, whoever the call was made against, they lost. And right. it was you may protest and scream and yell about it. But you have to ultimately accept the losers and the winner, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. But I think going forward from 2020, a lot of people just felt like this was wrong and it was it should be, um, I don't know, they, they should take their their mm. mandate and have somebody should be punished for this some way. Mm. And I think that generally across the board, uh, the people said, no, the election was fair. And by and sure. large, this is the way it was. Yeah, uh, it sounds like what you're saying is, is almost a referendum on that sentiment to say, do we, allow, so. do we deny the 2020 election or do we say, you know, we have to we have to move on from this? And there's a couple of governors. I mean, I can look think of DeSantos in Florida as well as Kemp in uh, Georgia. They they stepped away from that. Mm. They didn't want to be part of that theme. And they won. They mm-hmm. won with pretty, pretty big majorities. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at that and say, OK, the, the voters really do want people that are you know, they, they do what they believe. They, yeah. you know, they're not, they're not focused on this one thing. One thing. They look at the overall governance that they are elected to, to do. Right. No, that's great. And anyway, it will be interesting taking this, all these data points, you know, into the 2024 election. Right. Of you know what this means or doesn't mean. I think you always, there's so much articles that came out and are still coming out right. what this means, you know, and yeah. I think I was trying to get to that. Um, You're listening to Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee, and we're talking about the election results that just occurred last week. And even as we have this conversation between the two of us, we don't have all certainty of exactly what the results are. But we're going to continue this conversation as we take a break right now. We'll see you in just a bit. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. 
800-242-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. Again, you're listening to Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. I'm a certified financial planner, and Jeremiah is also a certified financial planner, as well as being an attorney. And we're talking about the election that just happened and kind of the results of it. We talked about the end, you know, the first part of the program, we talked about kind of the winners and the losers. Now we want to talk about maybe the financial implications, you know, what's what's projected going forward, what may or may not happen, and what the implications of that uh, potentially could be for your investment, so to yeah. speak. And I like this when we go into an election. I think we have a number of clients, you know, on each side that feel if this happens, we're right. doomed. You know, right. the, the sky is falling, we're doomed. And we get to a point like this where, you know, there's some winners, some losers. And now what? Well, we continue on. Right. And it'd be interesting to as we talk through this, you know, what happens locally will probably not a whole lot of difference. What happens nationally, uh, potentially this is meaningful. Right. You know, th- there wasn't a red wave, but there was a red tide. I don't know what you call it. You know, there, there's enough that it looks like the the very likely that the Republicans will take control of the House, the U.S. House of Representatives. And with that, mm-hmm. they would be able to block a lot of things potentially that um, Biden and the Democrats may try to do. Right. And I think, you know, for example, the expansion of the debt, I mean, that's going to come up here sometime next year. The Republicans, you know, if they have enough strong enough opinion about that, they could block that, which could be a real problem. Yep. That, that always causes the, the markets to roil when, yes. when they do that. Yes. I feel like I struggle with that because I feel like both sides say, no, no, this is the one time we just need you to increase it. And the other side says, no, no, never. And then it, it increases regardless. Um, I think it's it's similar to for people. It's very easy to criticize how your friends or family members or neighbors right. spend their money. Right. Well, the way I spend my money is really great, <laughs> but they don't need a new car. I mean, I do, but they don't. You know, that, that's, that's It's very easy to criticize others. And I think it's, it's the same idea. When you see the budget come out, the party that's in power is trying to get it through. And, and it's in recent history, the party that's not the minority power, the minority party is saying, hey, this is ridiculous. You can't do this. This is too much. Yeah, and I hope a lot of, and again, I, I don't, I don't think this is something that will probably happen, but I would like to see that the Democratic Party would not just try to throw things out there mm. to get voted down by the Republican House. You know, the Senate passes something. I mean, all you're doing is you're 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 just jockeying for position yes. and yeah. you're trying to do something that gets media headlines. There's a lot of things that need to be done in our country, and, yeah. and I would hope that they would focus on. You know, immigration is a big issue. You know, uh, tax policy, of course, we have a tax mm-hmm. the policies in place, most likely will stay until 25. But that's a good one. So the, 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 the Trump era tax policies, you know, reduced corporate rates, reduced right. personal rates, those are intended to sunset in 2025. Right. And there was some concern that, that Biden might take action to try and or the Congress might take action prior to that to limit those. And it looks right. like that very likely wouldn't happen with a, a Republican so. controlled House. Right. And so the question would just be after the 2024 election, whoever controls what, that would probably then deal with whether those are renewed, extended, adjusted. So it might be something that gets kicked beyond Biden's. Yeah. And I think the, I mean, obviously uh, Biden is entering into agreements for climate change and what's the economic impact Mm -hmm. of that. We have to look Mm -hmm. at that. And is that going to be much more uh, burdensome on American public than it is right now? China may or may not participate in that. And their, their pollutants are 
greater than America and Europe and India combined. Mm. So the question is, is that do we take all the hit? How is that going to be implemented? Right. Um, there's no question we're going to have environmental issues that are going to be somewhere in the tax ramification revenue side of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah either direct taxes or even you know hidden indirect taxes on it on right. in businesses to say you right. have to put in these you know EPA related protocols therefore to minimize your profitability. Yeah, there'll be there'll be an impact on that, and I wonder how big that will be in the next election cycle. Um, it, it kind of depends where we get to. Yeah, and I, I don't. Again, I, I think it comes down to how much pain is going to be felt in every household if mm. unemployment really starts to rise and taxes uh, don't give relief, or we don't see a, we see a shrinking economy, not an expanding economy. Uh, twenty twenty four could see a change all the way across the board. Oh man, I mean, especially if we have the next two years of increasing unemployment, suppressed markets. And then we have a, you know, a strong leading Republican coming into the White House at the same time that we are getting out of um, the slum. That, that could be just be an interesting dynamic for the market. Yeah. I mean, what I would like to see is a leadership that understands both sides of the issues and be able to bring them together and govern mm. in a, a more emphatic way to what's best for America. Am I dreaming? Oh, right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Someone who set aside the politics and said, hey, let's let's get everyone on board. Let's, and that's, I mean, you know, going back to Machiavelli and some of the other you know authors that say when they have an outside threat, you know America pulls together. Right. And you're right or left. It doesn't matter. We're Americans. Let's move forward. Um, but wouldn't it be great in peacetime? <laughs> wouldn't it be great in normal politics to say, right. hey, we're all Americans. Let's band together. Let's move our economy forward. Let's move some of these um, social items forward. Yeah, and I mean, if I, for example, immigration, we have um, you know we have labor issues in some very key areas of the industry. I think we should look at our immigration policy to see how we can reinforce yeah. those particular businesses that need skills at certain levels. It seems like there's kind of a blanket push. No, yes. we don't want anybody coming in. Yeah. And I, and I, again, we still are a nation of immigrants and I think we have to be really careful about who we, so to speak, designated as a bad person versus that person's yeah. a good person. Right. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of issues. I mean, that's immigration is a great one. There are solutions out there, right? right? There are ways that we could improve our country um, and go from what it is currently, which doesn't seem to be the best system to something that is great, but our ability to get from one to the other politically, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that we have the ability to do that, you know, right. to, to let the, you know, some of the best ideas and minds as a real solution, not just a politically um, you know, virtue signaling, you know, but, but a real solution. Yeah. So every two years we have this hope Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that everything's going to change. Hey, you know, and I'm optimistic. So I keep having this hope that yeah. we're going to make it. That there, um, there will be somebody that will be mature, that will have the wisdom to be able to carry our country forward. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's a system that's very interesting. And the older I get, the more I look at it. I'm surprised we get anything done. Yeah, we even said earlier the checks and balances of, you know, the Congress versus the executive branch versus the ju judicial. I mean, Biden doesn't have the ability to pass a lot of these things unilaterally. So we kind of handcuff ourselves until we can all agree. And right. man, is it hard for us to agree? And maybe and maybe that's what, that's what the lesson is, is that our system works that way. So one never really does get the overall advantage, no matter how, how what you think of the mm. of the other party, so to speak. Uh, you're always dealing with uh, checks and balances all the way through it. Sure. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Well, if you've missed any part of this uh, episode, feel free to go on our website. It's retirementunlimited.com. You can find uh, past episodes. You can use the contact button and send us. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss, you can send it to us through that. You can also call our office. It's 951-684-7011. Until next week, folks. May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.
Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.